I'm English without realizing I make a lot of really rude comments okay. and really rude <laughs> jokes. But another thing the English do is they drink a lot. It's very, very normal at the end of the working day to go to the pub, have a couple pints of beer and play some pool. And that's not really in, in Canadian culture. So we really wanted to kind of integrate this whole pool culture. The VVS has like become this thing which is quite cool. People really like the whole culture of it. In the UK, every single university will have something called a student fight night, student boxing. Everyone seems so excited to go to college in the US. I feel like in Canada, it's, it's just another stage of school. The company I worked for was called Wasserman Boxing. And if any of your viewers watch boxing, they will probably know who Callis Allen is. He's a guy I work for, big promoter. With the celebrity boxing, they're boxers. They do it for the hype or for whatever. I told you I worked at a concrete yard yeah. and you could smell the smoke in Orangeville. There was wildfires coming all the way from Alberta, traveling across three, four provinces. Okay. You could take a pill that made you disgusted by all desserts in the world. Okay. Would you take it? All unhealthy food. I don't see studying at U of T as hard work, really. It doesn't really matter. Like a lot of people are worried about the distance, right? Yeah. But it's more direction. talking to this. Like if you're turning your head, it's not going to pick up anything. Okay. So, so that's the main thing, however you want it. Whatever's comfortable to keep it from you. Yeah. Okay. And that's about it. Okay. And also because I just want to ask, I'm English. Yeah. So I, 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 without realizing, I make a lot of really rude comments. Okay. And really rude <laughs> jokes. I don't want to like say anything I shouldn't say. Or no worries. I wouldn't say anything offensive. Otherwise, yeah. But I'll just yeah I, I i swear a lot without realizing that's fine so, um, i bleep it all out okay okay that's okay. perfect yeah cool. no worries Great. ladies and gentlemen welcome back to the vov podcast voices of vic today i am here the legend himself <laughs> you call yourself ceo of vps what's your what's your title founder uh, founder founder and president founder and president yeah. of the vic pool society i'm here with theo sokol last name how do you pronounce the last name sokol you got it sokol. Right. Yeah, yeah. perfect all right well theo thanks for coming on Thanks for having me. It's uh, it's uh, I've been like really looking forward forward to this. For, we, we've been planning it for a while. Yeah, it's been in the uh, in the making. That's right, and it's uh, collab of the century, maybe. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm thinking. The two, I don't know. I feel like these are the two fastest growing. I wouldn't say this was a club, but kind of almost institutions. Institutions. In I like that word. That's a good <laughs> word. So yeah, hopefully uh, this gets a lot of eyeballs. Why don't you tell people about? about the society, the, the club, the institution that you the run. The institution, the empire. Yeah. The empire, that's right. It's funny, it was like the VPS, Victoria Pool Society. Um, it was a club that me and my mate, Jaeger, started. Yep. Because I was saying to Carter before this podcast started, I'm very English, I'm going to swear loads or whatever. <laughs> but another thing the English do is they drink a lot. Yep. And it's very, very normal at the end of the working day to go to the pub, have a couple pints of beer and play some pool. And that's not really in, or at least from what I witnessed in my first year in Canadian culture. Yep. Um, so we really wanted to kind of integrate this whole pool culture. That's and awesome. we wanted to start that because it didn't really exist. Um, so we started that and we had monthly sessions, which is free and the university funds um and we've it's been very successful we asked for we've asked for more funding for this year which we think we'll get and we've been in talks with lots of companies about sponsorship um we had a great company the other day we spoke to have you have you heard of zed biotics i have not okay zed biotics is a startup in yep. san francisco okay and basically my science is <laughs> but my I spoke to them and they said to me, when you drink lots of alcohol, 
it breaks down the cells in your body, which is what gives you a hangover. And Z-Biotics is this protein you take before you drink, and it prevents these cells being broken down. So it's effectively a hangover cure. Got it. I'm not sure if it works. Yep. It sounds great. Yeah. And it's grown quite quickly. Sponsored um, by ZBio6. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, but so we've spoken to people like them looking for sponsorships, and we're going to see if that comes through. And um, But yeah, that's essentially what the VPS is. It's just an integration of English pool culture. I find that's, that's cool. UFT. That's awesome. And Igor, he played on the hockey team with me. That's how I know him. Oh yeah. So so we play hockey together. But where's where's he from again? He's he's oh he's complicated ancestry. He's like <laughs> Ukrainian, Russian Ukrainian, but grew up in Toronto, Indiana, and Montreal. So he's he's kind of from everywhere. Yeah. Um, he's an awesome guy though. How did you he's get so to know funny. him? Uh, I met Igor. My, when I first came to Vic, I came with my, I, I got here, I came with my dad and my dad said, you should go to all the orientation stuff or whatever. And orientation, in, in my opinion, like the organized stuff by Vic was a bit sh <laughs> um, I didn't want to do the karaoke. I yeah. didn't want to do capture the flat or any of that. It was just like, <laughs> I just always a bit cringe. Um, that's fair. And, <laughs> that's fair. Shout out to all the first years in orientation right now. No, no, you'll love that. I'm sure it's really good now. But it, anyway, I met, I met Yegor then. And I think one day we just went, screw this. Let's just go get, let's just go grab a beer. Yeah. And instantly I knew he would be the person to start the integration of British pool. Yep. Into, into U of T with um, because he really likes playing pool and he is up for a pint and uh, yeah that's awesome he all the time had a group of like seven girls there to watch him play yeah, everyone he's, sees he's, in the he's crowd a, I, I live with him now yeah and I've, I've I've just become single and I'm not thinking of like doing anything yet but I just know whenever I go clubbing or whatever he's just beautiful kind of perfect skin and whatever <laughs> and it's just I'm always going to be just kind of on the sideline whenever I'm out with him, which I'm, I'm slightly worried about. <laughs> I don't and know, I know that's gonna, he's gonna have a low key kind of uh, satisfaction, you pride could, about that. You could have your, the best wingman ever. You should see it as that, as your teammate. <laughs> yeah, that's true, that's true, that's true. Yeah, we'll see, we'll see what happens there. But yeah, we're gonna, I, I think he's playing hockey again this year, so that should yeah. be fun. Um, what, talk about the process of actually getting your club considered to be like an official society an official levy whatever it is at victoria college like there's a whole process you have to go through yeah it was fairly easy so what we did was we we, we just applied online there was an application form and we had to name we had to name a society with like 10 board mem 10 board members or whatever or 10 roles and i think we made most of them up okay uh, but they've been say. officialized now yeah yeah um but yeah that's what we did and it was it wasn't too complicated. Getting funding was a bit more annoying because yeah. we had to agree to a whole bunch of things. Um, but yeah, we need the funding because then we don't have to charge membership fees or anything. That's that's, great. that's interesting why they would make you have so many people on a board to start something like that. Like, why do you think that you and Igor can't just go to them and say, listen, we're going to run this thing. Here's our plan. 
this, yeah. these eight people that you want us to have aren't really going to add anything. We can do it ourselves. Yeah. I'm not saying that your team isn't no, no, good. No, no, no. Like, I, I, know, I know you have a bunch I, of... I, I get what you mean. Yeah. Um, and now we have a team of, we have a team of about 10. Um, and all of them are, do a really great job. Yeah. Um, but initially, we did need a team of 10. So I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, I think it's just so that all the clubs, like anyone has to be able to have a role at them. Okay. Or have the opportunity to have a role of them if they apply, and if there are only two positions, that's like extremely unlikely, right? Because Yegor and myself aren't going to give up our roles, right? Um, so I think that's probably the thinking behind it. Just kind of inclusivity, I guess. It's just getting more people involved in the community. Yeah. Can you say anything about what you had to, I guess, kind of agree to for the funding? Because that's uh, a big reason that I did not want to register this myself. Yes. Because I could have. But the restrictions, I don't know what they are, but I, I was kind of afraid. I was worried that it was going to impede me from talking about the stuff I want to talk about yeah. with, with people. Yeah. So like, what kind of restrictions are they imposing on so you? So they, we can't charge membership fees, which we don't want to do anyway. Yeah. Um, we can't have a bank account. So effectively, we can't try and turn into a, like, a social club but like a business social club yep. make any money yeah um all profit we make so if we get sponsors that's to get back into society like i can't get a salary or wait not that i would anyway it yep. would be yep. about a yep. hundred dollars yep. over a semester yeah but and then there's annoying stuff like you can't not annoying i understand it um but they're very strict with drinking and stuff um oh. so you, you can't really drink at your events or like um, advertise the drinking. At yeah, all. you can't do any of that. Yeah. Uh, no drugs and no. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I see why with a podcast it would be pretty annoying. Yeah. To, uh, they'd be quite strict on that, I'd imagine. Especially, yeah, like even with the, not that this has made any money. I'll be completely honest. Mm. But eventually, if mm. if the ball gets rolling here, yeah, and it's linked to Victoria College, then I'm, f- yeah, because now they're into my. My earnings for my YouTube account, it's yeah. a whole mess. Yeah. Um, so that would be interesting. And also just the topics that we talk about. Like, I don't feel, I, I ask guests sometimes if there's anything that they don't want to talk about before we start. I didn't mm. ask you that. I feel like I don't we care, could have a pretty, I can talk about whatever. yeah, we could have a pretty open easy. discussion, right? Um, but I wouldn't want there to be a conversation that we have. And then Vic comes to me and say, we're going to pull your funding right now because yeah this is not what we agreed to yeah. let you do. Um, but no, that's interesting. I think that you're still doing a really good job running the the society, the Instagram accounts popping off. I see it. Yeah, it's it's grown sevenfold over the last month. Awesome. It's kind of, we've, we've like introduced this VPS 11 thing. Yeah. So we're trying to kind of, I say an empire, it's not an empire. How do you branch that out? Like, how did that go from, how do you go from pool to soccer? In the I same kind of, thing? I thought to myself that, the VVS has like become this thing which is quite cool yeah. and people really like the whole culture of it. Yeah. And per session we can only have 10 people or whatever. And I think a lot more people wanted to get involved. And a lot of people wanted to go for the vibe but not for the pool. Yeah. So we've tried to branch out into other things. And initially we've only branched out into the soccer which is the VPS 11. Yeah. Um, but we have some other ideas in the running as well. Anything which, you can share with us? I Anything guess okay, the, one, the one I've been thinking about a lot and I'm not like 100% sure it could happen because it would be quite difficult. But basically in the UK, every single university 
we'll have something called a student fight night. Yeah. Student boxing. Yeah. Um, in Canada, there are a lot stricter on that. Yeah. So you can't do that through the university. And I think if you wanted to, you'd have to have access to a promoter's license, yep, a boxing probably. promoter's license, which no student in Canada would have because none of them worked in boxing. Yeah. But I've worked in boxing in the UK. Yeah. So I think I might have access to a promoter's license here. That could be which awesome. Which would mean I could start, you know, quote unquote, <laughs> VPS box, yeah. which would be a student fight night. And That's I think cool. that would be awesome. I think people would love it. I, I agree. There's something there's something raw about just two two dudes going in the ring beat each other up, and that's like yeah it's is it a bo- it's a boxing thing it's yeah not, it's a boxing thing because like that's, that's you know that's my niche that's why I've I've done work in before yeah um so I know how the industry works really well yeah um and I would know the right people to get it off the ground that would be it would be interesting it it is kind of very opposite to university I feel especially in Canada yeah it's very it's very British and very un-Canadian. Yeah, I feel like the culture in in schools in this country, it's kind of soft to a degree. I feel like when you go down to the States and you see all the crazy stuff that they do at colleges, it's it's a real fun-looking environment. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know about it. I've never been to a college in the States, obviously. But it just it doesn't really... Everyone seems so excited to go to college in the U.S. Yeah. I feel like in Canada, it's, it's just another stage school. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think, I think it's... I think you're right. I think in, I'm not sure about the US, yeah. but certainly in the UK, it's like very, you know, they don't call it orientation, they call it freshers. Freshers. And freshers is just clubbing every single night for two, three weeks. Yeah. And they will, in the drinking age there is 18, it's not 19, like you yeah, said. Yeah, yeah. So everyone is getting off their face yeah. um, for the first three weeks. And then even after that, it's, it's, it's just partying, partying, partying. And a lot of people, that's a nice thing about going to Canada. It's like when you study, you actually feel like you're learning and you're studying and it's very productive. Yeah. But you, I do also sometimes miss just like being able to party and do nothing. The social aspect of, of all of it. Yeah, because yeah. the social aspect of UK universities, for me, is like unmatched. For sure. When so go, I'll ask you, what brought you to Canada? Uh, what made you want to come to U of T of so, all places? Yeah, a bunch of things. Um, my mum was born in Canada. She left when she was very young. But it just meant that the tuition fees were actually cheaper than they were in the UK. Got it. it probably balances out with flights and stuff. But in the UK, you can you can do all these different modules in Canada. So you could do a major and two minors or whatever, plus individual modules in other courses. Yeah. Whereas in the UK, it's very, very like, um, there's not a much choice in what you can do. So well, literally, if you do French, you can only study French modules. And it has to be very specific modules. I see. Whereas in Canada, you have this great choice, which is really cool. Got it. And I also thought, um, I, came when I, was, I came over when I was 19 to Canada. I also thought to myself, my parents are still young. I haven't got a family. This is like the only time in my life where I can live abroad and be totally selfless. Yep. Uh, selfish, even. Um, so, yeah, that was why. Makes sense. What are you studying? Uh, poli sci. Poli sci. Yeah, and African studies. How's an African studies? An African studies. What? The niche mix. What got you into that? Um, I had no intention of doing it. <laughs> but you know, I was talking about all these different modules you can do. And in my first year, I came over and I was like, I want to try so many different things out. I'm going to try film. I'm going to try sociology. I did. I did a course on sex. I did a sex module. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to do an African studies module. And I had this unbelievable professor. For me, best professor at U of T that I've yeah. met, uh, yeah. Dr. Professor Lewin, 
from South Africa, wrote yep. speeches for Nelson Mandela. Really? Um, and yeah, she was an amazing teacher. I was That's like, cool. I'm going to do, do a second major in this. That's cool. Um, it's good. So you're, let's, let's fast forward here. It's 2020, 2026. Yeah. All right. You just graduated. Theo Sokol right on the degree. <laughs> you walk out with your poli-sci and African studies major, African studies, <laughs> whatever yeah. it is. Where are you going from there? Uh, What's the plan? What's the long-term goal here? And I've just sold the VPS for multi-million pounds. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Um, and you're fleeing. You're hiding from Victoria College because <laughs> they're after you for the money. Um, I'll probably go back to Europe. Yep. I love living in Canada. Canada's an awesome country, but I feel like people just leave because it gets too cold. Yeah. Um, like Fair. for me, when I got here, it's funny because we're sitting here now and it's 30 degrees Celsius, right. like plus 30. In like last year, February, when it got to minus 30, I just couldn't physically bear that. Yeah. Um, so I feel like I'll go back to Europe. Missing the rain. Yeah. Um, and then I'll probably try and go into the sports industry. Cool. Uh, I've done this work in boxing, which I love. Um, maybe going to football, maybe stay in boxing. You're talking to Arib about you went to a DAZN event, is that right? Yeah, so I did. I, the company I worked for was called Wasserman Boxing. And if any of your viewers watch boxing, they will probably know who Callis Allen is. He's a guy I work for, big promoter. Used to be the biggest European promoter, but now it's probably Eddie Hearn and Frank okay. Warren. Um, and he also started with KSI and with Mams Taylor, Misfits Boxing. Okay. So I was doing the Misfits Boxing with all these KSI fights and helping, uh, working on the uh, uh, Tommy Fury KSI fight, which is coming up and yeah. doing all of that. Um, and then also on the traditional boxing stuff, which I prefer, yeah. um, but I enjoy both. And that was, you know, I was doing shows in Edinburgh, Newcastle. I've done shows in Berlin, Cologne, Germany. Uh, Denmark. Yeah, it's cool. I like it. It's good. It's fun. awesome. Yeah, it's really cool. And I'm thinking of that. I'm still thinking of that VPS box. I've been trying to get into boxing. I think that any time that you feel, how do I word this? Okay, best way I can word this: if you and another guy are trying your best to impress a girl, okay, and or a he, guy could be a guy or a guy yeah, right? yeah. inclusivity then and he has something and he portrays something that you think makes her want him more yeah. like fighting if let's say he walks in the room and you know he this could be like very toxic masculinity that's right no, but this is how i think this is how i think if some big muscular <laughs> dude walks in the room and he's and i need to sit here and think all right this guy if he wanted to could kick my ass that is an insecurity, but I feel like those insecurities you need to address. Anytime that there's something, anytime that there's a thing that you feel inferior in, mm. that's just a signal, in my opinion, that you need to work on that signal. Yeah. Or work on that insecurity. Sorry. Boxing is one of those things for me. Yeah. I, can't, I can't fight. As much as I go to the gym mm. and I work out and I try to be as strong as I can, mm. I've never taken any sort of boxing class. Yeah. So I think that there's like almost, like you said, it's very primal. Yeah, um, well, I think I think need to fight. Yeah, I think the great thing about there is that, but also with boxing, it's some. I don't know if this is true or not. I had a meeting a few months ago with someone when I was doing the boxing. Said uh, boxing was the fastest growing sport in the U.S. 
Oh, yeah. Which it could be because all this influence of boxing has made it really, really popular. Right. But I think one of the reasons it is was during COVID, people like were getting really, people were getting fat, so yeah. staying indoors all the time. And boxing is like probably the most physically exhausting and strenuous sport yeah. out there. You're probably right. Top three. Probably. You're probably right because of the also the mental stress that you're under yeah, when you're fighting. But I don't know if you've ever done, you've never done it, but twelve. You know, if you're a professional boxer, if you're doing twelve rounds three minutes each round in the ring with someone else just as heavy as you who's just trying to beat the shit out of you yeah that's exhausting I so i think so many people have just done it for their health and their fitness yeah um and then i think for others like once you become professional i think with the celebrity boxing they're shit boxers they do it for the hype or for whatever yeah. but i think for these professional boxers amazing boxers some of the ones i've worked with i don't know chris eubank Philip Hergovich or whatever, they're they're better boxers, but those are the ones I've worked with. Um, yeah. They don't think of it in terms of I want to beat this shit out of this guy. Got it. They think about it so mathematically. Right. They're right, thinking right. about it as though okay, he's just done this. What do I need to do now? But it's all so quick. It's a sport. And for them, yeah, it's just yeah. an art. It's just like yeah. how do I react to this? What do I do? And I don't think they. I think they try and remove all emotion from it. That's a good point. I think you're, I believe you. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. But it's, I think if you and me were to get in a ring because we haven't done that much boxing training, it would yeah. be almost all emotion. Yeah, that's right. So yeah, that's a good point. And it's, yeah, when you get up to the top, you're right. It's very calculated. I think that this, the best boxers, sometimes you could tell the best boxers are the ones that don't look like boxers at all Yeah. because you know that they're not in there just swinging around. They're like you said, very calculated and precise with, he just threw this punch. I dodge and then yeah. go from there. Um, yeah, sometimes it's not about throwing as many hits as you can, but preventing as many hits to get landed on you, like Mayweather. Yeah. That's Mayweather's whole game. Yeah, he's yeah, his movement is incredible. Yeah. So boxing. Do you play soccer? I do. I do. Um I feel like you're one of the few British people that call it soccer. I don't. I don't. <laughs> you don't actually. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like when I'm here when I, I just I'm bored of saying no no global football. Yeah. That's all, <laughs> that's what I call it usually when I come to North America. Got it. Um I, I do play. Yeah. I'm not very good. Okay. I play in London a lot. There's this amazing app in London where you can just, they, there's this company and they hire pitchers and they'll offer like 22 spots to play on this pitch on the app. So you're playing with 21 random people. Yeah. And I play by, I don't know why I was going to give you a specific location in London. You won't know it. But I play in London and I play basically very close to Queen's Park Rangers, the team. Mm -hmm second division team but you know they get into the premier league sometimes and all their ex-academy players play there nice. and they all hate me because i'm rubbish <laughs> yeah. and i play with them it's like 21 really good players yeah and then i'm basically last pick whoever has me then um so i play with them a lot um but i'm not i'm not a great player i'm just i love the sport that's Big awesome fan. that's awesome you spent the summer in britain yeah i was in london doing the boxing work for three months. Then yeah. I went uh, to Europe with, with what is now my ex-girlfriend, yeah. um, which was really fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was a good summer. The weather in the UK was shit. Well, as always. Um, but I, I, oh, the weather this year, every weather was so weird. Makes sense. Like, I saw the fires in Canada. That, that yeah, that was a while. Same in Europe as well. Yeah. Southern Europe, Italy, yeah. it was like Sicily, South Italy, it was like going up to 50 degrees. Yeah. It's crazy. No, it's it's 
Yeah, I was because I worked. I told you I worked at a concrete yard. Yeah, and you could smell the smoke in Orangeville. There was wildfires coming all the way from Alberta, traveling across three, four provinces it's from crazy. British Columbia too. But the ones, the ones that were too big, for, like from reading the news in Europe, which yeah. doesn't cover Canada that often. No, there were too big, like kind of uh, fire seasons. I guess okay. it was the first one I remember seeing in New York. Yeah. But that came from Canada. That came from And Canada. did that come from Alberta as well? No, that came from, I think that came from Northern Ontario. Okay, and then the recent ones came from Alberta. Yeah, I, okay. I can't even remember what order it was. I think Alberta actually kicked it off. I think they started. Yeah. And then Northern Ontario, all that smoke just went right down to New York City. Yeah. And it had like the worst air quality in the whole world or something. They had to cancel a Yankees game. Jesus. It was, no, yeah, it was wild. Oh, it's terrible. I, I forgot about that. Yeah, that yeah. happened this summer. That's horrible. Yeah, it's crazy. It's like I, I don't, I don't. I mean, we're at U of T. It's a clever school. So the consensus on I don't want to bring too much politics into this podcast. Yeah, but yeah. the consensus on climate change is like it's it's pretty reasonable. It's it's exists and we're yeah. sort of. Yeah. Whereas I just it's still crazy to me how some people just don't get it. Yeah, it's, it is it is wild. I I I don't know if I I don't fear it. That's the thing. Yeah. I think that it, there's a lot of people who. Like if you ask them how they think the world's gonna end, they're they're a lot of people under the the fear of we got this twelve year countdown before the world's over. Yeah, like you hear a lot of that, and and I understand that climate change is very serious. I talked to Abe, yeah. Abe, who's on the uh, climate change Canada Youth Council. He's oh, pretty right. serious about okay. the whole thing. Yeah, and uh, and he explained a lot of the points very well. It's the longest podcast we've ever made. Yeah, um, and and it made a lot of sense. But I still don't think that fear is the right way to go about it and I also I know this this sounds terrible but at the end of the day you just have to do your part and it's such a huge problem that that it's gonna it's I don't know how you fix it really yeah. no I, I, I agree with you I agree with all those things I just I just I just don't get the people who still don't like acknowledge it yeah it's like you know as individuals there's not that much more we can do like I'm, I'm vegetarian the reason that is is because I want to help cut down on carbon emissions or whatever um, but and I think you know there's as an individual there's not much there's other things I can do maybe go to university in the UK and not take long distance flights yeah. but there's like not that much I can do Right. and I think it's all I can do really is acknowledge it as a person and kind of go this is a problem that needs to be solved and I just still find it weird that there aren't even people who can do that yeah um, makes sense yeah no it makes sense i uh yeah i don't know if it's that i don't acknowledge it. i don't litter yeah um i recycle i mean that's all basic stuff but yeah i i also think i don't really understand it enough because it's a very intricate science and yeah like it's quite complicated it and i think that's probably one of the reasons like a lot of people I don't want to. I don't want to be like biased against, but you know, like yeah. very, I don't know, middle of nowhere Americans. Right. I feel like that a lot of the reason they don't believe it is because the education system is just really bad there. Right. In a lot of places in the middle of nowhere. Right. And they just find it hard to kind of wrap their heads around it. Hundred percent. No, that's a good point, for sure. Um, I, what do you use summer as? For me, like, because I work the whole summer, mm. a lot of people use it to rest in between in between school years which mm. is, which makes sense but like when the school year is over it, do you see summer as like the start of of something like do you see summer as the start of working in boxing or do you see it as more like the end of school and you get to chill for four months um 
So when when school finishes and I fly home, I want four or five days off. Yeah. But I get really bored. Got it. So I just like when I don't have my mind kind of concentrating on something or focused on something, I, I just like I feel like the laziest, most useless person ever. Yeah. Um. So. I, I don't care what it is as long as I feel like I'm doing something productive as long as I'm working or that's good even do like a summer course or something as long as I'm doing one of those things yeah I'm okay um so when UFT finished it was like I barely even gave myself time to rest I was just like four days off take the week a long weekend then I'll go and do the boxing yeah and then after I did the boxing I went around with with you know for three weeks around Europe um which wasn't working but at least I was like doing something active yeah. I can't just be at home doing nothing. Makes sense. Yeah, no, me neither. That's the same way with the gym. If I haven't been to the gym in like three days, yeah. I feel like the weakest piece of shit ever. <laughs> like, I, I, I don't know. I can't explain it, but I feel the muscles shrinking. I get all tense. Yeah, so I never go to the gym, so I'm used to that feeling. <laughs> so I always feel like average. Yeah. That's what you see. That's the problem with going to the gym. You feel really great. And then exactly. you don't go and you feel like shit. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's all bouncing up and down whereas me i just feel consistently weak i don't go to the gym <laughs> not bad that's not a bad explanation <laughs> but yeah no it's it's uh it's good once you get to that level it here's a good question actually yeah i've i don't i to this day i don't know this a- answer okay what i would say i'll ask you oh god okay. if you could take a pill that made you disgusted by all desserts in the world okay would you take it all unhealthy food and only eat healthy food. Yeah. So like you took a pill and then from that point to the rest of your life, unhealthy food didn't appeal to you. Okay. It's a hard so my question. answer is no. Okay. And I'm well. going to quote something by a British comedian. Yeah. But you all know him, Ricky Gervais. Yeah. Who's hilarious. He is. And he did a stand up on Netflix. And I th- someone said like... Uh, you know, would you quit smoking and drinking to have an extra 10 years off your life? And he says, no. And the reason that is, is because if it was 20 to 30, if he could have 21 to 31 again, yeah, I would never eat pudding and I wouldn't eat food. I don't eat healthy food. Yeah. But I'd lose like 80 to 90. Yeah. That's years anyway. Those years, I'm yeah, gonna, 100%. I'm going to have a terrible time. 100%. Like, I don't want those. I mean, I do want those years, but yeah. do they outweigh enjoy my oh. meals and enjoy my food i'm vegetarian yeah. anyway which is already <laughs> like fairly healthy yeah but i still enjoy my food that's fair so no that's a <laughs> that's a answer. good that's a good point yeah no i there's a there's a point in life where i think i was talking about this the other day we were talking about the age where a lot of old people start to go into like long-term care it's not even a retirement home it's literally just you are in a hospital bed for the entire day mm. and there are workers who wipe your ass for you and all this stuff which i feel bad for anyone who has to go through that but i honestly think if it was me i would just go for elective suicide because so i wouldn't want to end out the last years of my life yeah. being like basically a baby right yeah i want to have a bit of sovereignty a bit of my own individuality yeah. still um, i had this conversation over over the summer it's like you know everyone has the so-called right to life but only in some countries you have the right to death. Got like it. That's why people go to Switzerland to get themselves killed for these reasons. Yeah. To have like a assisted suicide. Yeah. And I know I just I've always thought to myself that it should be legal. Yeah. In so many countries it's not. And at some points you're so you know that's really what you want to do. If you're feeling miserable, if you're feeling like you can't 
you know, you're 85 and you're just a burden or whatever. Maybe, I, I think maybe you have to do a few months of counseling or therapy to see if, if you yeah. change your mind. But if you don't want to live anymore, I feel like that should be allowed and you should be able to have this assisted suicide. So it's not painful and it's planned and controlled. Um, cameras, I got to fix that. I was saying that thinking of my legacy as okay. a human being, as a person, I would like to go out as someone who is remembered for taking care of his family mm. and and providing for the people around him. I don't want to be, I never want to be a burden, especially if I was living with my wife and we were both really old. I wouldn't want her to have to take care of me in that sense. Yeah. That's, it, I don't know, it just kind of feels degrading. And maybe I'm ignorant mm. because I'm so young. And maybe if I were that age in that condition. Yeah. Well, if, would, we, if we had this conversation in, I don't know, 50 years, we'd probably yeah. have entirely different points of view. Right. We'd, we, we'd see it differently. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it just, yeah, just right now, obviously at 19 doesn't sound very appealing. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. I guess though on, on I, I, st I stand by my point and I agree with you, but I guess on the other, other kind of side, the older you get, probably one of the amazing quality, like some of the amazing elderly people I meet, the quality they have, which makes them amazing is that they just learn to appreciate every new thing and everything still in life. Yeah. Loads. Yeah. Like when, you know, a lot of elderly people I, I find like in the UK, they can be quite traditional and conservative. Yeah. And when new things come out, they go, oh, that's shit, that. it's, uh, yeah. whatever. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And the ones who I think are amazing are the ones who kind of go, wow, there's this new thing that's come out. Uh, I'm going to go get my 125th telephone. It used yeah. to be one which had a string and you would a landline. And now I've got this iPhone. And people who are basically always learning to appreciate new things. Yeah. And I think if you can do that, then, you know, you don't want to die. But yeah. when you do want to die, I think you should be allowed to do that as well. That's fair. That's fair. What was I going to say? Um... Okay, I want to know more about this construction thing, though. Yeah. What was the construction job? Oh, it was you actually... you didn't explain that to me in that much detail. Yeah, so, I mean, I talked... I think I talked a little bit... Not really. I talked a little bit about it on the last podcast of how I love working in construction. Okay. I'm not actually, like, out there building anything. That was more... I had a first job at Home Hardware. You know Home Hardware? it's like a building supplies store okay it's canadian yeah yeah okay. um i don't know what it would be compared to in uk but that stuff i uh that was my first job in construction and it was it was pretty retail i was just working in the yard loading mm. up uh loading up customers and mm. lifts and stuff but i think that working in that kind of industry you see so many of these customers a lot of these men that come in and and the work they do it's it's very rough it's very hard work it's like right at the ground level of how everything gets made whether it's your like i said the guys i was selling wood to guys who are making fences building houses all this kind of stuff yeah. and it starts it starts there with those guys mm. who aren't really living the most uh, luxurious lives so to speak um doing a lot of the work themselves and and with their hands which I 100% respect at this university. They just finished King Circle construction yeah. there. I find it very interesting how you have thousands of 20-year-old kids walking around that construction site going to 
lectures and going to study yeah. to eventually use whatever those guys on that site are making. Yeah. So, so students will walk past and see these construction guys as lesser because these students are probably going to end up making more money than most of those guys who are working there. Yeah. But the, if the, if the construction guys didn't build whatever they're building, the students wouldn't even have a building to, to go to the lectures in. Yeah. They wouldn't have a lab to do their studying yeah. in. I guess, I guess what you have, I'd imagine is, you know, with some jobs, you're not, you don't have like concrete output. You don't go, Oh, this, what I've done here. It's not, it's not material stuff to show that you've done well yeah. or you've reached your goals yeah. with construction. I guess it's obviously like very concrete material 100%. goals and that must be quite satisfying. It, yeah. A hundred percent. And, and yeah, I mean like when you just look at the straight compensation, I feel like they're like the construction workers at the very ground level aren't paid a whole lot. Hmm. I'm not saying they should be paid any more than they are, but the work they're doing is actually genuinely hard work that I really respect. I feel like hard work is a very interesting term. People use it very loosely, but I, I don't see studying at U of T as hard work really. Like no. that might be a controversial no, I, thing. I, I totally agree with you. It's not, I don't think it's controversial. Walking I, into Robarts where the weather is perfect and you're sitting in your in U of T merch writing in a notebook about whatever. That's the, I don't see that as hard work. I see the guys out there in the blistering cold in the snow building a damn laboratory for all these students. I, I, I totally agree. That's hard work. Yeah. I think yeah. university, like, this should be a global consensus. Students are the least hardworking people in the <laughs> yeah. world. They, they can be totally selfish. They have no one to provide for. Exactly. They have no, you know, and whereas the people in the construction, it's physically very tiring, but they also have, you know, some of them have families to look after. Some of them, yeah. uh, first generation immigrants or yeah. so, you know, and they've got a whole bunch of problems. 100%. Um, whereas the students, you know, they'll have some problems, but they're also students. They have, they can be as selfish as they want more or less, not always, but you know, more or less. And, yeah. um, I, they're definitely in the group of, people who live the easiest lives in the world i think yeah there, uh, are, there are people that's, who live you easy. know they, i'm not saying there are individuals who have you know who grew up in in uh, some i don't know in somalia and yeah. uh, and and had to really work that you know work their hearts out to, yeah. to get into uft and you know of course there are individuals but i think as a general kind of demographic yeah students have it really easy <laughs> hundred percent. And I think it's good to admit that as a student, Yeah. because a lot of, I feel like if a lot of students heard that they get kind of defensive and think, no, I put in hard work. I'm not saying that they're not actually putting energy into the, yeah. into the school. They do hard work for where they're at in their life. Exactly. But in terms of the entire world and the entire, you know, as a demographic, it's just, I think it's important to acknowledge that we're getting it really easy. hundred percent. And most people aren't. And I yeah. think that's important. Yeah, university is definitely a privilege. I do agree with that. That's why, yeah, as, as soon as it ends, yeah. I think there's going to be a very rude awakening for a lot of students, a lot of people yeah. who have been living in somewhat of a protective shield, what is what university is. Hmm. I made a video during the summer. It was completely AI. I didn't even post about it on Instagram. It's my least viewed video on the channel right now. But it was basically a story of three groups of people that I believe are at university. 
Okay. So I take students, I categorize them into, into three sections. Okay. First group is the people who understand that they're here for four years. Okay. And they're going to work their asses off because as soon as, as soon as they're out of the shield, the bubble that is university. Yeah. Life's going to be coming hard and fast. Okay. Okay. Kick their ass. I agree with that group. Right? Yeah. Second group, I think, also understands that they're in a, in a bubble, in a shield. They're here for four years. And although the outside world is going to be very difficult for them, hmm. they just take this as this is going to be the best time in my life. I'm going to live it up. Not necessarily try too hard or work too hard. Not a lot of these people at U of T, hmm. I will say. But I mean, other colleges. Yeah. They're just there to live it up, you know, party, have some fun. And then when they're done school, they're done school. And they're going to live the rest of their life working whatever job they choose. Okay. And it's going to be, they're just going to, I guess, suffer a little more in that yeah. part of the third life. category. Third category are the people who don't know they're in a bubble. I think the third category don't even understand the protective shield that they're in for these four years. Yeah. And they just think that life is going to be as easy. These are the people who think life is hard. Yeah, in okay. I get what you mean. Anytime I hear someone just overly complain and, and stress about how difficult school is, I feel like a lot of these people don't understand how difficult and that's, and the that's outside a, And world that's a sad group. That's the third group. Okay. Because I think, I think, actually, I have a few questions for you, but I'll tell you what I think after. Yeah. I think UFT, there's a large proportion of people who are in a mix between group one and group three. Group one and group Which three. might seem contrary. Okay. And the reason I say that is because I think loads of people at UFT work really, 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 really hard. Yeah. Which I think is in group one from okay. by what you're describing yeah. yeah but i also think those same people think they work a lot harder than most people outside of uft Got and it. they think their lives are insanely hard and difficult and they're not yeah um but anyway my questions were what group are you in what group am i yeah in? what group are you in i love to consider myself group one okay i love to consider myself just the fact that i'm aware that university is an easier period of life yeah. and it's going to get real difficult once we graduate. Yeah. I think that a lot of students realize post, um, post undergrad that they, they took it for granted Yeah, and that the working, the life of the working person is, is much more stressful than the life of a student. Mm. Um, and, and what like, in terms of percentages, what is U of T made up as oh, in these good, groups? Is it like 80% group one or 10%? I, I don't know. What that's would you question. say if you had to more or less estimate? I think that there's group three, I think is the biggest. Okay. To be completely honest. I think that a lot of people don't realize how incredible it is to be in university yeah. and how safe you are, the safety that comes with being yeah. a student. Um, no bills for the most part, for the most part, mm. no bills, no one to provide for, like you said. Uh, very low responsibility. No, 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 not everyone. Not but everyone. Most people, because I, I do like appreciate. Of that obviously individuals who. Of course. But we're general. Gen yeah, generalizing. Um, Just don't want us to come out and go. Oh, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. Sorry. Go on. No, no, for sure. I'd say probably sixty percent of people are in group three, and then an even split twenty twenty for groups one and two. Yeah. And not to say that just because you party means you're a group two. I, you can party and still work your ass off and be very aware. That's group one. Okay. But I think the people who are only focused on having fun, mm. that's group two. Okay. So they're living up the four years. 
they know once that's done then life's gonna be shit. yeah but they're fine with that okay and i guess you can be a mix of all the groups as well yeah there's, like, there's blurred know. lines it's it's just a, yeah, it's yeah. a nice story to tell yeah. i think i think it's I, th I like this concept i think yeah. it's good so that's uh that's what i've kind of come to realize how do you think that your approach like how are you seeing these new students coming in because you're second year second year yeah. second year how do you see the the incoming class now as a second year because you were once that incoming class yeah year. um i feel like second year is a very interesting position to be in when you're when you're trying to connect with the the lower year i'm not sure i got here yesterday so <laughs> um, uh i think i don't know first year was weird for me like, i yeah. really enjoyed my first year yeah um but you know as we mentioned this earlier like in the UK, it's just very party-based university. It's going yeah. to the pub, drinking, whatever. So I kind of thought it would be that here. Yeah. But I also appreciated it wouldn't be exactly that, but a different variation, which is not all. It's not just going to the pub or any variation of that at yeah. U of T. Um, I didn't think it would be as intense as it is. As it is. Got it. Um, but I also thought I was a bit of an exception. I thought I was like... I think I'm one of the few people who just totally missed exactly what UFT was. Yeah. I think most people came in, especially if you're from North America, kind of knowing exactly what it would be like. Got it. The first years from what I've seen, I had, I had two VPS people doing the, uh, you know, orientation club thing yesterday. Yeah. Uh, and they, you know, same every year. Excited for it. 100%. But also nervous. a bit nervous, yeah. maybe a bit over committed sometimes. Got it. A bit too two into things got it um you know i think a lot of ufc people i think i think it's important to relax sometimes yeah i think i don't know in my head it's always been if you have a piece of work it's an analogy if you have a piece of work you can either do 10 hours and get like 70 percent you can do 11 hours get 75 percent but as every hour goes up the percentage that goes up gets smaller and smaller. 100%. So there's no, once you've done 15 hours, and you're only going to get an extra half a percent every hour you do. What's the point? I completely agree. You can agree. spend those hours relaxing, socializing, yeah. going to the next VPS session. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. Going for a drink. I don't know, whatever. And I don't think a lot of people at UFT realize that. Yeah. I think they just think, oh, I have to do as many hours as possible. It's, right. uh, I'm going to get an extra 5% for every hour. That's not true. Right. You're going to eventually, it's not worth it. And 100%. you should just do other things. And, and I think it's possible to think like that and still get good grades. I agree. So I think that having that social side actually helps with grades. Because hmm. a lot of people, I mean, there are, there are machines out here, I won't lie. Yeah, there are. Who, who international students who just lock down 20 hours a day and just crush it. But I mean, That's a lot of my mates as well. It's like <laughs> yeah. the friendship group I'm in here. It's like I sit down, so I got, like last year I'd go to dinner. And they go, oh, yeah, I'm going to be in, you know, robots until 3 a.m. And, and I would just think to myself, fair play, but also f off. Like, it's <laughs> yeah. just it's too much. Just, yeah. You know, just enjoy it a bit. 100%. 100%. These guys are built different for sure. But as a general, as a general consensus, as a general rule, um, people need to socialize. Yeah, You need definitely. to have connection. You need to chill a bit, just yeah. a little. Um, and yeah, like I don't, I don't personally believe in like burnout per se, but there are definitely people who, who don't have any balance and they get fucked over. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, so yeah, you need to be able to manage that. And I think having that balance, having a, a good positive 
life in all all aspects mm. actually helps with the grades too mm. for me yeah same with me by the way I, I just yeah i think i think there's definitely such thing as overworking yeah and in the long run it's just gonna yeah it's a really boring cliche but it's a marathon not a sprint you're right i think it's just yeah i think it's important to socialize and have other aspects of your life agreed and i i i've lived both experiences because hmm. i've lived the the side where my social life was terrible mm. i barely talked to friends and i was solely focused on getting good grades which i got i got the good grades but the social life didn't exist yeah and the other side which was always hanging out with friends but the grades were shit. okay which one is better though the, the life that's better is obviously in the middle but well yeah obviously the middle but if you had to choose one or the if other you had to have because both people i think struggle yeah i think you can't really enjoy your experience when you know your grades are ass mm. You can't because you're a U of T. This shit's not cheap and you're not here to waste time. Like yeah. you're here, yes, to enjoy your time, but you also are here for the degree. Mm. But I'd much rather have that problem. I'd much rather have the grades problem than the social problem mm. because because your your friends are going to make you feel chill. Yeah. If you need it, if you need a, what's the word? If you need an outsource, if you need just a place to go and, you know, get a good laugh, you can go do that with your friends and then think, okay, yeah, I'm fine. I'm relaxed. Let me buckle down and study. Yeah. I need to, I need to get my shit together. Mm. But if your grades are in check and even when you got that 85%, you can't even look around and tell anybody mm. that's not a great experience. Yeah. I think that's harder. You have any final thoughts for our guests here, Theo? It's been a great episode. Yes. It's been a great episode. Um, I've really enjoyed being on it. I guess the one thing I would learn is that more than ever, you have to join the VPS. Message us, give us a follow. Join the VPS 11. We're still looking for a few more players. Uh, when VPS Box comes out, buy tickets to watch it or, or ask me if you want to fight in it. We'll, we'll matchmake you. Um, but yeah, it's been really good fun. Awesome. Uh, I've never been on a podcast before. No. So it's it's been awesome people will get to know uh, you now and yeah thanks for having me more than they already do obviously a legend here in the, the victoria in, in, community in the pool community in yeah. the pool community yeah leading victoria to uh to a new a new space yes exactly a new social kind of that's right new culture all right man thanks for coming on hey cheers oh, thank you ladies and gentlemen that was episode 19 theo sokol hit up vps and we'll see you next week Peace out.